Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. All right, welcome into the podcast, everybody. So excited to be back. It's been a little bit of a hiatus while I've been traveling the world and um, experiencing some really awesome things through that. And uh, we thought it would be actually really cool just to use this podcast as a way for me to share about my time in Zambia. Um, And yeah, I've talked to many of you and my family and friends, and I've always prefaced a lot of those conversations sort of with the acknowledgement of the fact that it is pretty hard to articulate and to verbalize some of the things that I experienced. Um, it's kind of like when you sometimes, you know, when you have those funny stories and you realize as you're telling it, like you kind of had to be there to realize why this was <laughs> funny. Some of that is almost comes true with, with something like this, where it's like, you know, it's, it's almost impossible to, to, to fully explain everything that happened. Um, and there can almost be some anxiousness with that as as the person because you want to you want someone you want to let somebody in on it and you want to explain it but it's it's almost impossible to to, to the fullest way that you that you want to um, and so some of that is still remains true with me I would say today as we talk about this but also as I've been kind of adjusting back um, this is it's almost been two weeks since I've been back more and more um, I'm kind of more just realizing that. It's not up to me to explain it perfectly as much as it is just to share um, what I can what I can share and 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 hopefully sharing what God did in the in the best way that I can is encouraging and is is helpful um, for everybody. Um, that's ultimately like I hope that the experiences and the stories that I have to share are are not so that I can just talk and yammer, but for God to use what I what I experienced to, to encourage other people. Um, and so that's kind of what I, what my attempt will, will be as I, as I talk about my experience there. Um, and we thought with the podcast, it would be great just to have somebody just to kind of bounce off of and ask some questions. So Toby's going to be kind of our guest host and I'm going to shift into the, into the guest chair and we'll kind of do it like and that. We, we actually did that. You are sitting yeah, in the guest chair physically. and I'm sitting in Tyler's host chair. How does chair that feel? Today. I feel powerful. Yeah, it's a lot of power <laughs> over there across the table. <laughs> well, this is going to be a fun journey today. And mm-hmm. for those who are listening, just want to give some background too. If you scroll through whatever you use to get to this pod- podcast, you're going to see early on we had a podcast earlier with Austin and Tate Bonema. And that is who Tyler and his group went off to uh, join and just do ministry with out in Zambia. Uh, you're, you can hear their story if you haven't heard it before. Uh, we suggest when you're done with this one, go take a look at that one just to mm-hmm. get their heartbeat and what's happening over in Zambia and through Overland Ministries. But Tyler, why don't you give us a little background as far as what brought you to Zambia in the first place? Yeah, just like you said, um, for me, it, it was some of those personal relationships that I had with people involved with Overland. Um, so specifically, yeah, Austin and Tate Bonama, they were the expedition leaders for this trip. And Austin has been working... Um, with Overland for the last five years and recently has really started to pour more of his life. And, you know, he lives in Zambia now, so he's really just put himself there and that's where he's going to be in, for the foreseeable future. Um, and so we were, we had just always talked about how fun it would be for me to join him just because we have just similar hearts. And um, I've told him that like, I've never been, I've never been to Africa. Um, I've been kind of on a mission trip, I guess, to Greece. Uh, it was just a very different kind of format. And in a lot of ways, I would say this is my first mission trip for sure of, of this kind. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, that was kind of my connection to Overland was um, even a few other people on that trip I, I did know personally that are actually from West Michigan, kind of connected through, through Austin. So um, I will say that... Um, my experience with Overland was so good. Um, and one of the underlying, I guess, I, d- I didn't even think about this, but one of the underlying parts of why 
it was going to be cool for me to be with them is that there's kind of been this sort of evolving relationship a little bit between Providence and, and Overland and, and through Austin. And it was going to be kind of helpful for me to be there and just to experience what they're doing to, to share um, just the work that's happening through them. And I was honestly just kind of blown away by kind of the strategy, I suppose, and mm-hmm. just the way that they go about doing ministry. Um, not having been on a trip like that before, I think I maybe had not not preconceived ideas, but maybe just there's some skepticism and some things that you hear from other people and from outside voices about these kinds of things. And you kind of go into it with all of those voices in your sure. head, just not sure what to experience and what to expect. Um, and I was just so impressed. I was so um, thankful that this was the, the organization I was with um, for so many reasons. Um we spent a lot of time talking actually about some of the concerns that I came with, which was really helpful. Um, I would say the biggest thing that sort of maybe sets Overland apart from maybe even trips that you have been a part of potentially, I'm not, I don't want to say that for sure, but um, Overland is committed to relationships and they're, they're committed to building relationships with communities and with um with people wherever they're doing ministry. Um, and so we saw that firsthand, um, even the people that we were, that we were with, um, Overland works in, in lots of different countries. Um, and they have what are called sector missionaries, which are essentially people that are committed and they have basically devoted their lives to, to this work. And they are living, um, with people, where Overland is doing work and they're basically spending their whole lives there, just discipling people, um, expanding on the, the, the mission that's happening. Um, and because of that, they have a very deep understanding of culture. They have a deep understanding of people. They kind of know what's helpful and what's not helpful. And we even talked about some of those things in those specific places that we were um, that I would not have had any idea how to do or, or, or understand that because um, we're so... Like I'm so ignorant of the culture I was in just because I've right. never been there and I, I don't know these people. And um, But we talked a lot about, there's a book called When Helping Hurts. I don't know if, yep. if you've heard of that, but um, there's some helpful ideas in there just to think about like, you know, there are so many ways that we think we're helping and so many ways that we, we're doing things with the best intentions, but just because of the lack of awareness and understanding, we're actually not helping. Yep. Um, and there are some examples of that, but... Um, I want to pick up on a couple of things that you're saying, because we can talk about Zambia, and that feels like way over there. Mm -hmm. But a couple of key things that you just said bring it right home here. First of all, relationship, relationship, relationship. And with our missions team, and again, for anybody listening, it is so key to have relationship with the missionaries we're supporting. So we're grateful that you had that opportunity to just get boots on the ground, see what they're actually doing, but for every missionary that we support, we want deeper relationship, not just with one person from problem, but we want to grow that circle, right? Right. But relationship here. The second piece, too, that that fits, we're talking about how do we impact our neighborhoods a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. And you can be a church in a community, you can be a church for a community, or you can be a church with a mm-hmm. community. And you experienced with like we're living right. with we're doing we're not doing it to or mm-hmm. we're just in mm-hmm. but these people are our people those totally. are just powerful powerful images that we need for all missions whether it's here or there exactly and there are so many examples I, I could share about how that was that came to fruition while we were there um i mean just a very vis- visible example would be so they're building um basically a base um, Overland was given a piece of land by the chief to the, the, the chief of where we were in that region, um, is a Jesus follower. He loves what Overland's doing. He, he's helping. He has an amazing partner. Um, cause he's, he has so much, really just has so much power. Um, and he is devoted to bringing Jesus and bringing the gospel to the people. Um, and he gave Overland this piece of land to kind of build a base for these people. Their names are Casey and Brandy are kind of the sector missionaries who are going to be living there for at least the next few years. And so they're building this base and it would be really easy to like bring people over to help build this base. Right. 
sometimes that's what mission trips are kind of focused on. And sometimes that can be very fruitful. Um, but in this area, it was like, hey, we have lots of people that are skilled laborers that know how to work. And so there are people canoeing across the river every day helping build. And they're, they're, they have a Bible study that they do with all the workers then on Tuesday mornings. And they're building this relationship with these people. And they're the ones that are building this base. Beautiful. And so that's a great example. Like they're, they're not just coming to create this thing and to live, but they're partnering with the people there to do what they need to have happen. And now they have work. They are a part of something like that. They're building relationships with the people um, that are going to be there, Casey and Brandy, and they're sharing Jesus with them, you know? So everything kind of revolves around helping. Um, there are like humanitarian things that Overland is doing, but it's all rooted in like, how are we presenting the gospel and how are we bringing Jesus to these people? And that's kind of the foundation of everything. Um, and that's maybe on a big over, you know, 3000 foot level, that's kind of what Overland's about is obviously they, they do care about the needs of the community. Um, but it's not sort of just going and solving and fixing and then leaving as much as it is. How do we empower other people? How do we empower the people that live here? Um, and ultimately their goal is actually to leave completely and to have raised up and discipled people that can continue the work of the gospel without them and then to move somewhere else. So that's kind of what Overland is doing all over the world. Um, and it looks different in different places because they have different to cultures. embrace the culture, right? Um, but that's what was so cool. And we just saw that in so many ways of, man, we're just we're living with people. And um, we only experienced that for 10 days, but it was it was powerful. And so essentially the, the function and the purpose of our trip specifically, we were we did we were there for two weeks, but there was like 10 days of like ministry yep. um, is to split off into teams and to go mostly house to house and share Jesus with people um, and to go and basically to do what Casey and Brandy are also doing, but to do it on an exponential level and to do basically the idea was we're going to do in 10 days what it would take them about three months to do. So give us a picture like house to house. Is it mm-hmm. like Holland here in neighborhoods or? Yeah, totally. Co- per- exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's completely different. So give us a, draw us that picture. Sure. Um, yeah, so, well, I'll tell you, the first, um, the first day we, we spent just kind of talking about what it was going to be like, and it was kind of like a cultural orientation of just, like, what to expect. And, um, you know, people, so where we were, we were in a, we spent our time in two different villages, but they were essentially um, very similar culturally. Um, so people are living in huts um, of varying types and sizes and and whatnot. But um, um, we went there right after the harvest season. So everybody there is essentially farmers um, for the most part. Like that's how most people are sustaining themselves and providing. Um, everyone is farming. They have um, a lot of corn, um, what's called kvassa, which is a vegetable that they have there um, and some other types of things. But so mostly we we would show up to a house and we're just, we're kind of walking up to their home, which is kind of a piece of land. And, um, they will, they will, where we were. And at the time of year we were, they were mostly like, probably like shucking corn and peeling Mm -hmm. kvassa. And, um, they immediately, when they see someone coming, they will immediately drop everything and find stools for us to sit. And they'll just sit and they want to hear from you and they want to talk with you. Um, which is like the first thing I noticed is just how, how much they just value people and they will stop everything that they're doing just to sit and talk with you. And most people we talked with, I would say average maybe over an hour conversations with these people. So different from kind of West Michigan culture. And we talked about this earlier too. Mm -hmm. There's a a fun little book out there called familiar foreign to familiar. And it's about warm culture versus cold culture. Mm. There they're valuing relationship over work. Often we find here in West Michigan, we value (laughs) the work before the relationship. Mm-hmm. How did that hit you? And, and yeah. And even I would say sometimes we hear we value people when we do value people, it's because of the, the work that it will ultimately hopefully provide us with. Right. Yeah. It's not even necessarily for just the pure relationships. It's because there's maybe an, even an ulterior end goal, but it was, it was almost startling at first because yeah, you're, you're experiencing that in a way that I've never experienced. Um, 
And I can, I can, again, I can tell you that, yes, we walk up to a house and they drop everything and they come up to you and just sit with you and talk with you. Um, but it's really not until you are there and you're sitting with these people that you, you really understand the gravity, honestly, just the gravity of that. And, um, in Zambia, at least where we were, all I can say is these are just the kindest, most joy filled people that I think I've been around. Um, like that was so powerful, um, just to sit with people who have just this joy in their hearts. And, um, like we talked with so many people and a lot of times we just, yeah, there is like small talk and you just ask them like, Hey, how are you? Like, how's your day going? And just, is this your family? What are your names? And you just kind of get to know each other a little bit. And then at some point we don't really be around the bush. Like, Hey, like we're here to like talk to you about the gospel. And, um, there are a lot of reasons for this, but I would say 99% of the response was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so happy that you're here to share this with me. Like, how could I refuse to hear the word of the God, the word of God? Um, there's just this immediate receptiveness and wanting to hear, like, I think, you know, maybe part of it is like, we heard sometimes like, man, we were just so thankful you came so far to share this with us. It's kind of like you very clearly care about what you're going to say because you've gone to such great lengths to share this mm -hmm. with us. Um, but even just even in the interactions that we ha we're having, you can just tell they're so engaged with you. They're so present with you. They want to hear what you have to say. And, and in turn, that makes you really care about them and, and want to hear what they have to say. And then, um, and all of this is, is through the weird, awkward thing of an interpreter. It's, yeah. and, and yet still like after a couple of days, it's so, you don't even think about it very much. Um, and so it was real. it was, it was a warm, it was very warming for my soul to, to just to be there for, for even just 10 days and to be a part of culture that was so um, welcoming. And I'm an introverted person, so I get drained by social interactions. Like the first couple of days, I actually was pretty like worn out by just like going to this house, going to this yep. house, talking to this person. And, and yet it was so, um, it was, it was not hard because of part of it, I think was the, that culture, that warm culture of, um, people are, they, they value relationships, they value family and they value, they just value people above everything else. Um, and that was so clear, um, in, even in just talking and sitting with them. Um, so that was definitely a unique part of the experience is just being a part of that kind of culture. So you kind of just jumped through and said, we shared the gospel. But one of the first things you shared when you came back last week mm -hmm. was the power of just sharing the simple gospel. Can you That's... explain what you were mm -hmm. referring to uh, with this simple gospel? Yes. Um, uh, maybe before I, I explain that, it's probably helpful to understand the context of the spirituality of the people we were sure. with. Um, so Zambia is actually... I don't know officially if if it is. I think it is officially considered uh, Christianity is is the you know official uh, religion of Zambia, and you know most people there were it was a there was kind of a wide variety of where people were in their faith. Um, I would say the majority of people would call themselves Christians. Um, but they were Christians without a very good understanding of why or or what that even meant, and that was evident in in the conversations we had with them, and it was also evident in their actions. Um, there is a heightened sense of spirituality there. It's a it's a much more spiritual culture by nature, mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't always play out in good ways. Sometimes it actually plays out in in, in harmful ways. Um, because so, they're mixing and matching all this stuff yep, and putting it into one. Yeah, they're, they're, they will, they're, you know, someone will go to church on Sunday and worship God, but then they'll go to a witch doctor the next day to try to heal a sickness, and then they'll they'll want to curse someone, so they'll go to a witch <laughs> to, to curse somebody. Yep. And so you can tell there's a little bit of a... So those things are real in that culture. Very much so. And a lot of a lot of that is actually there is spiritual forces behind it. There's a lot of demonic things that are happening, but... Um, but there's just kind of an unawareness of the truth of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And some of that is due to the fact that um, most people don't have Bibles. And I was going to talk about that in, in, a, in a different way, but 
it's, it's actually pretty rare for just a person in the village to to own a Bible um, because they're so expensive uh, compared to what they are what, what they are making right for money and so they actually really rely on their church leaders and their pastors to preach the word of God. And then these pastors are involved in witchcraft, and they're not exactly <laughs> so it's a mixed bag of everything. You're getting a pretty, you're getting a pretty corrupt um, perspective, and so I would say most people there, there's there is a a group of people there that are devout, born again, chasing after the Lord. I would say the large chunk of people are kind of what I just described. They're Christians, um, but just a little maybe. Um, they have confused. an awareness, but haven't been discipled. Correct. And then there are people also that um, have no awareness of the gospel at all. Um, I actually talked to people who've never even heard of Jesus, too. So that was um, kind of the range of, of people. And every single one of those groups of people, we we kind of went in understanding that even the people that are Christians they really just need to hear the gospel. They just need to see, see it in its in its simplest form, really. Um, and that was especially true for those that didn't know anything um, mm-hmm. about about um, about Jesus. So we went into a lot of these places and to these homes, and we just shared the gospel. And I'll, I'll do this way shorter than than what I would have have, have shared, but. Um, just starting with the beginning, God created the world. God created human kind, um, and it was perfect. And we had this relationship with God, and it was an intimate, perfect relationship with our Creator. Um, but through our disobedience and through our sin, that was separated, and we became separated from God. And you know, and and you we, we talk about the Garden of Eden, right? And we talk about mm-hmm. this, and um, and we go into kind of what we tried to do to to make up this gap, and you know that's where animal sacrifice comes into play, and that's where the law comes into play, trying to follow the law perfectly, and and understanding that all of these are just this imperfect way to try to to bridge this gap, um, and some of and before we accept Christ, I think we all many of us know what that is. What is the separation from God when you're just following your own flesh and your own sinful nature um, and living in this darkness? And you can kind of relate that into their culture of kind of the sickness, bad dreams, the, the witchcraft, these these kind of these areas of darkness that they experience. Um, and it's like, no, but God loves us. <laughs> he's, he's not, he's he cares for you. He created you. He wants you to be in this relationship with him again. And he provided a bridge. He gave us a gift in Jesus, um, who lived a perfect life and who was sinless. And we crucified him. Um, and he died. And with his death, he nailed all of our sin and all of our brokenness to the cross. Um, so that when he now looks at us, when we accept that gift of grace, he doesn't see our sin or brokenness, but he actually sees Jesus. Um, and then he rose again three days later and defeated death and defeated the grave. Um, and now we can live in relationship with him and we can live in relationship with our father when we accept that gift. Um, and then we can spend eternity with him, right? Like that's the, that's the gospel in its simplest form. And people, there are people that have no idea about this, you know. Mm-hmm. And many people that we talk to, sorry. No, th- talk about um, the emotion. What's behind well, that emotion? It's so simple, you know, like we all know this, right? Um, but we don't realize how much people need it. Um, and in Zambia, it's, it is different because um, people live their lives without um, the culture that we have. And especially in West Michigan, we just, what I just shared, we understand that so deeply and it's so ingrained in us that we don't even think about the magnitude of it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet there are people... It, maybe it's easier to see it where we were, but there are people here that need that. There yep. are people here that just need to know that they're loved by their creator and that they can have a relationship with him and they can spend eternity with their father when they accept that gift. Um, Talk to me about, you went into some of these homes where they never heard the name of Jesus before. Mm-hmm. And they they came alive hearing that name and hearing that story describe what was going on in you as you're sharing that and people are coming to life in Christ. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, there's there's some personal journeys that I went on throughout those 10 days, but I was initially very scared um, just to do that and even just to like go up to someone's home and start talking to them about this just because there were so many new things that were happening that I was trying to get a handle on, mm-hmm. um, just culturally even, right? Yep. Um, but as it went on, I became, th- through learning from some of our leaders and through just starting to become more confident and, th- and comfortable with where I was, I began to become more confident in my ability even just to share that gospel with people. Um, and by the end of the trip, we started breaking off without leaders and just some of us were just going out ourselves. Um, and that was where I was just becoming so, you just start to feel this fire within you when you see people giving their lives to Christ. Um, I went to this, um, one of the last days I went to a home and they were sitting around the fire and they, I, I think they were, they were cooking maybe. And you could, I could tell very quickly that they were kind of like, uh, I think I know who this, this Christianity thing is about and mm-hmm. whatever. They were just kind of like laughing, like, okay, sure. You can talk to us if you want. And they were very disengaged. And even like, there's kind of like talking to one another and kind of giggling. I don't know what they were saying, but it did not feel like they were super ready to really hear this. Yep. Um, and this was one of the last days and I was actually by myself essentially. Um, and I, and I, as soon as I said, like, have you, do you guys know, like, do you guys know the gospel? And they said, no, something just like flip, like a switch just flipped in my mind. I'm like, all right, it's go time. Like we are, this is, this is the, this is the time for me. Um, and for God to like reveal himself. And so I got, I walked over closer to them and I kind of said, okay, well, I want to share this gospel with you. And like over the course of me sharing that story, like just more and more of their attention started just to kind of be drawn to it. And, um, there was, I, part, part of how we were taught and things that are very helpful is like visuals. And so like just even drawing pictures of trying to illustrate what you're talking about, like in in the dirt, Mm -hmm. um, is helpful. And so you just kind of see more and more of them just starting to like really just focus on the ground and starting to look at this. I don't, it was, I don't even know what I was drawing, but trying to just illustrate some of this and you, I could just even see it in their eyes, um, that God was speaking to them. And I kind of, there was, I don't know how many people, maybe 12 or 13 of them that I'm sharing this to. And by the end, I'm, I'm talking about this gift of grace and it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like hushed. It's kind of become like very Mm -hmm. dead silent. And I draw a line in the sand and I say like, you know, you have to make this decision for yourself. Like this is not a family decision. You have to decide for yourself. Like, are you going to be a disciple of Jesus and a follower of Jesus? Um, and if you do, like, I invite you to come over to this side of the line just to kind of represent just making that change and making yep. that decision, and we're going to pray with you. And I didn't I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I was kind of like, I'd kind of already, because this is how I think. I'm like, if nobody does this right now, I'm already okay with that. Like, I've, I've already made peace with mm-hmm. that just to kind of, like, lower my own expectations, right, and whatever. And so I get over there, and I... And I and again, I, I tell, I say, so if you want to do this, like my ministry partner is what we call them, our interpreters, um, we're going to pray with you and you can accept Jesus. And there was kind of this, like, just this awkward moment, <laughs> right? And then one person gets up and walks over and then two more people get up and walk over. And eventually everyone is over here on the side of the line and we pray together and they all accept Jesus into their life. Um, and it was obviously this amazing moment of we're all praying together. And then we talk about the Holy spirit and like, you know, there's, there's some ways that we're like, cause it, it can be very fleeting. It can be a mm-hmm. moment. And, and so we talk about, Hey, here's some ways that we need to encourage one another, come to the Bible study and all these things. Um, and I think w- what I experienced in that moment was just sort of like this, it was so beyond me. It was not because I did it in some great way or I was so articulate or I had this all figured out as much as it was. I just shared the gospel as simple, pretty much as simply as I possibly could. There was no theology. There was no doctrine. There was no, um, you know, five point tulip. And it was just the gospel. And, um, through that, every 12, 13 people in that moment, um, knew Jesus for the first time. Um, and so for me, it, the experience for me was I was so thankful and my heart was so full. And yet it was so it was almost like an out of body experience in, in the sense that like um, 
it was sort of happening beyond what I was even doing. Yeah, it was like the spirit of God moving. And my boy from Michigan sitting in Zambia. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing not right speaking now? Speaking the language and what's going on. And so God's spirit working through us is a is a powerful I relate that back then to have you been reflecting how does that live out in you? right here now in West Michigan mm-hmm. in a very different culture. We kind of talked about what Zambia's culture is, what, what West Michigan, they're very different cultures, right? but yet the same gospel. Right. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think that's, to be 100% honest, part of still what I'm wrestling with right now is what is what does this these, these moments and these ways that I saw God move in Zambia, what does that mean for me in America? Because... Um, I'm obviously not going to walk up to someone in a hut and start sharing the gospel with people here because it's everything is just practically and, and tangibly so different. Um, I think you have to look at it on a more big picture layer. Um, and I think the idea that this gospel and this, um, this message that we have is, is for other people people who have a story and who have, um, a a life and have brokenness. Um, you know, the, the way that we were able to share the gospel had to do with those relationships. You Mm -hmm. know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a loud coming in with a trumpet blast and yelling and, you know, um, shouting at people that you need to repent. Not that that's not always effective, but, um, I think what I, what I think, what I think this means for me is that in the ways that God wants me to use who I am to reach other people, it's going to be just through those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to look different in America than it did while I was there for 10 days. Um, and there's a part of me that is like as different as it was I f- in my, my knee jerk reaction is like, it's easier there <laughs> because of that cultural difference of, of people just want to know you and talk to you. And that doesn't always happen here. Um, and yet I think we're all wired the same way and we all actually do need that. We all even need though relationship. We do. And, um, sometimes for me, it's like, because I'm a little more, I'm not as assertive a person like for sure as you, Toby, but maybe from other people too. Um, I'm, I'm very socially aware of like, if someone is sort of like put off or like doesn't want to talk or doesn't want to engage and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to deal with that. Like, I don't want to talk and I don't want to push a button. Um, and I think sometimes we have to be willing to say, I'm okay to risk being awkward. I'm okay to risk being a little different or sometimes even pushing a button maybe, um, um, I'm okay to risk that for the sake of the gospel, I Mm -hmm. guess. Um, and sometimes we, I think we let those cultural things um, impede us from doing certain things like that. Um, Speak a little bit, Mark, because I think, again, we all have our fears, our worries, our concerns, our insecurities, like, I can't do this, I shouldn't do this, oh, if I do this, I'll embarrass myself or them. And talked about some of those things that maybe the Spirit had to work through in you. Like you mentioned, boy, I wasn't so ready on day one. But something happened mm-hmm. day two, day three, that you grew in confidence and like success simply is obedience. Mm-hmm. Because I cannot draw a heart to God. I, mm-hmm. I can't change you or anybody else, but I can be obedient to the promptings of the Spirit. So if I share and that's what the Lord put, can mm-hmm. I just be content with obedience? Success is obedience. That's what we kind of talk yeah. about often, right? What was your journey going through that and getting, like you even said, boy, if I share with these 12, 13 people and no one responds, I'm at peace Mm because I'm being obedient. How did you, in 10 days, go from day one to day 12? Oh, man. Yeah, it was was a transformation for sure. Um, And I guess kind of just the way you put it, um, I knew that one of the things that Austin, who, who is such a good leader, of that expedition. Austin and I are as, as close friends as we are, are pretty radically different, um, in our personalities. Austin is a, he will work himself until he collapses and then he'll pass out and then get up and keep moving. And and he works himself to his own words too hard. And he, anyway, um, he's a Paul. He is a Paul for sure. Take me out of the city. 
stone me. I'm coming right back <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, um, I was initially sort of like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this because of how different I am, different I am from him. And like, yeah, those first couple of days of just kind of, um, exhaustion and the, how stretching it was, I was sort of like, I just don't, maybe I'm just not the right kind of person for this, you know? Um, and I guess just over time, you're right. Like just doing what I can do and acknowledging like who I am and how God can use me in these, in these moments. Um, it just took for me, what it took was understanding, um, what gifting I have to bring and just living that and doing that. Mm -hmm. And for me, part of, part of like my personality is like, I'm, I'm a very calm sort of nothing phases me kind of person. And, um, I'm able to sit with people usually, and I'm very empathetic and I can sort of relate to people where they are and, and how they're feeling. And so I, I try to understand, like, I'm not Austin. I'm not going to just come in with a blaze of fire. I'm going to come in in a different way and, and relate to people in, in the way that I can. Um, and through that, I started to um, just experience some really cool conversations and, and, and interactions with people. And it was through that avenue that the gospel was shared from mm-hmm. my, f- from me. Um, and so it, yeah, sometimes it didn't always have that, the ending of that story, yep. but I felt like I was living in my calling. Like I felt like I was living through what the Holy Spirit has created me to be. Yep. And so at that point, when, when you, when you really believe that and understand that it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. And you're not defining your ministry by the success, I'm using air quotes, the success of that moment, because um, the success, you're right, is just living who God's called you to be. And in reality, if you are doing that, you are, God is moving, God is working because he's Mm -hmm. using you, and you don't necessarily see it in that moment or know what it is. Um, And it, and it, and for me, I, I did really, I did really have um, a, just a change in heart when I did see the results. That's just the truth for me. Like, um, you, it just impacts you in a different way when you just see someone surrendering to the, to the Lord. Um, there's something really powerful about that. And that gives you kind of just the confidence to understand that, like, you know what, I'm not here to put on a show. I'm not here to be Austin. For example, I'm not here to be anything other than who I am. And, and just having that peace of knowing that, Hey, I'm, I'm letting just the Lord use me. Um, I think that's such a powerful message for here in West Michigan. We keep on talking Adam all the time on mission. There are going to be people here in West Michigan that you can connect with that I could never, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's through music, through your personality. There's going to be people that I connect with that you just probably couldn't connect with. Mm -hmm. Too often, I think we've kind of had, oh, if we just get somebody... To church, or if we get somebody to Austin, well, then right. Austin, Austin can do it, or, or, or the pastor, you know, will we'll preach all the time on mission. Every child of God, that that's our calling, and God's going to use who we are to connect with people that He's going to place in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a huge, just lesson that you lived out. But you know, church, we, we got to live into more fully. Yep, absolutely, and. You're right. There's there's definitely, um, especially in like a a culture that we're so used to um, just having relationships with church in a way that's like these are the leaders of the church. Here's the pastor. He's the one who has um, kind of like a word for us, right? And um, and we kind of experience sort of this. Hey, we're all coming to hear from this one person, maybe. Um, and it's that's not a knock on you, Toby. That's, that's that, but the, I think <laughs> I'll give a hearty amen. Yeah. We need many voices. Right. We do. And I think just because you're not, we're not, I'm not called to, to be a pastor, um, like, like a teaching pastor like that. Um, that doesn't make me any less of an ambassador of Christ. That just means that I have a different outlet and, um, everybody has that. And I think just sort of being aware of that and understanding that, um, and then, being bold in it and being confident in it is like, yeah, 
we just compare ourselves. And, and I think, I don't want to make it as specific as extroverted, introverted, mm-hmm. but for me, that's just like a journey that I've had to live is just like coming to grips with what it means for me in that way that I'm just like, you can very easily look at somebody who's different and someone who is more just l- loud and, um, just whatever. Yep. And, and I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, uh, man, I'm just not wired that way. I guess that's not, I can't, I can't do that. And really, it's so important that you are who you are because like you just said, there, there are areas and people that, that I'm going to be able to reach that you can't and everybody has those things. And so we, I think there's just, that's a huge lesson. And I experienced that even in, even in our team, we had, um, we had nine members and, um, I guess six leaders and everybody pretty different. Um, some, some were more similar to others and, and whatnot. And we had different groups of people every day. We would have different ministry teams. Uh, We basically went with like three, four people every day and we switched it up. And you kind of learn like this particular group, like who, where are our strengths and and who is, who's kind of more that leading voice and who's kind of more the, the shepherding kind of quieter voice. And, um, if we were all Austin, it it wouldn't work. Um, if we were all me, it wouldn't work, but it's through the the whole body that everybody has wired differently. And for it's for a purpose. It's not because we're weaker or stronger. It's just because we're different And our culture. Sometimes we feel like we, sometimes in our society, it feels like it values certain types of people like the CEO or, you know, this type of personality. Um, and I think we have to break the lie that that means that we're any less or any less qualified. Amen. It's the body of Christ all coming together, doing its thing. Mm-hmm. Wondering if there's any other key things from Zambia that you want people to know, because there's a couple of wrap-up pieces that uh, are swimming in my head. Sure. That, so what else from Zambia do do we need to hear? Hmm. Um, I would say there's some more specific stories that... Um, yeah, if you're interested just to hear some stories and some tales of, of Zambia, ask me about it because there's, there's a lot more that I could share, just some cool moments. Um, I guess maybe the last thing before you have anything, Toby, is, is um, on a personal level, I think the, the, f- the first and foremost, what I realized very quickly is like we are here to serve and we are here to um we are here for the people of Zambia we are not here for ourselves um and it was a very we had to you had to for that trip specifically if you came in with any other posture of of, of not being a servant it was going to be a tough because it was so stretching and exhausting mm-hmm. and it was not for us it was for people and yet through that experience there was a lot of stuff that happened in my heart you know yep. um and there there was almost like a weird part of me I'm like oh man it's I almost feel guilty, like, because it's, but, but that's the point. Like, it's through those experiences that God moves in you, too. Um, and so I just experienced some really cool, just moments with the Lord and um, even some pretty, uh, just, I, I guess, hyper spiritual or, or just very um, intimate encounters with God in some new ways that I have not experienced before. And um, uh, an encouragement to me um, through one of our leaders was essentially, um, Hey, you have the Holy Spirit, right? Um, you've been, you've, um, you've accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And because of that, there are things about you that are different from the world. And there are things about you that should be different. And like just one kind of specific thing that happened was, um, this guy, his name is Jason. He was one of our leaders. And he, he basically just asked me like, have you ever spoken in tongues before? And I said, no. And then he asked me, have you ever tried to? And I said, no. And he was like, well, why not? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so he said, you should go try. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. <laughs> Maybe there's a perception with that specific thing where it's like, oh, you're just going to like be put in a trance and you'll start speaking in tongues. But like, no, you have to use your vocal cords. Like you have to, you know, you have to try. And um, it was it was for a brief moment in time, but I spoke in tongues for the first time in my life just by just encountering the Lord and just making that intentional space for that to happen. Um, and he was like, well, and I told him like, I think, yeah, I, I guess I speak in tongues. He's like, well, of course you do. (laughs) And so, but it, it was his encouragement to me was like, so well, don't stop. Like you have to continue to do that. And that's, that's one of the ways that we are created to communicate with Mm -hmm. the Lord. And, um, I guess, I guess what I want to say is like in that space, it was so easy for me to engage spiritually in some of those ways and even some of those new ways. 
and yet even in the two weeks, you know, I'm still sort of adjusting and sort of kind of coming back and trying to, to take these things into my home. Um, you know, it's so simple, but God really is the same. Um, and God is constant and the same God that's working in Zambia is the God that's working here. And, um, I just need to create the space and create the, um, the space in my life for God to use me. And I think we get, this isn't new information, but we're such a busy go culture. And that's why it was easier there because it wasn't like that. It was such a different pace. Um, and, but that doesn't give me an excuse here to say, Oh, well, it's just different here because I'm busier. Mm -hmm. Um, it just means I have to probably work harder and create and be more intentional. Um, because God hasn't changed. Um, so why, why do I experience them differently there than here? Well, it has mostly to do with my, my own actions <laughs> and yes. my own heart. And so um, I guess I just wanted to say, like, God wants to commune with you. You know, God wants to have that relationship with you. Um, and he's, you know, Revelation 3, he's just standing at the door and he's knocking. He hasn't, he's not off somewhere and you have to go find him. He's right there. You just, it's, we open that door, you know. Um, and for me, opening that door means, hey, creating a chunk of time in the morning um, or it's um, being intentional about spiritual practices. Um, but I think we all have that. We all have these. We, we're all spiritual, you know, and mm -hmm. I think we're more spiritual. Uh, why We're more spiritual beings than we let ourselves understand because we we don't give ourselves the time and the space to do it. But um, so for me, that's something that is that I want to take with me from those experiences like hey it's it's not different here it's god isn't different here but maybe i act differently here because yeah. of my my surroundings and i just want to be so anybody that's watching you know as the weeks go on they can ask you tyler how's your quiet time going yeah please. how's your spiritual what are you growing what are you learning please please it'll be good tyler i'm so excited that you've had this experience and you know, weeks, months, years from now, God's going to continue to pull these stories out of you, and, and it's just going to be a part of who you are. And it'll be great to see how God uses that to, to lead your heart for, for worship, not just here, but uh, in our community. Mm -hmm. And um, be bold to speak mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. Here's some things that I'm hearing that I think are uh, applicable to us here at Providence. One, I just love how you conclude it. It's about a servant's heart. It's just showing up, and it's about putting the other person in front of you, their needs above your own. Mm -hmm. I, I'm here to serve. I'm here to love. I'm, uh, I'm here. What do you need? How, how can I assist you? Mm -hmm. um, if we put on that type of clothing, the clothing of Christ, to say, I, I want to serve and love, uh, the world real quickly becomes a better place, mm -hmm. right? You didn't go off by yourself. You were sent out in teams, mm -hmm. two by twos, three by three, four mm -hmm. by four. We go together. Mm -hmm. It's also that heartbeat of I'm not doing it in a community. I'm not doing it to or for a community. I'm doing life with. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want to hear more what Overland's doing, Austin and Tate gave this beautiful picture of their dream and their goal, what they're doing in Zambia. Very intentional to, to work with leadership mm -hmm. and not just to, to be with them and then gone, but to, to live among. Mm -hmm. And we need to have that wisdom as we hit our neighborhoods here. Mm -hmm. And it's constantly just falling in love with that simple gospel. Yep. And for whatever reason, uh, with the technology before us, the busyness that we have in West culture or West Michigan, Sometimes I think we forget too quickly the wonder, the majesty, the beauty, mm -hmm. the simple complexity of mm -hmm. this gospel that Jesus Christ died for me. He loves me. Mm -hmm. And um, church, it's an invitation just to, to meditate on that daily, uh, to celebrate that wonder, to share that good news. Because when we really get that deep, deep in our heart, this is good news for me, and it's good news for you. We can't help but let it bubble out and tell others and invite others into mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, um, I want to pray blessing over you, um, but it's also a reminder missions matter, right? Mm -hmm. And relationship matter. And so if you're interested in 
hearing more of Tyler's journey, connect with Tyler. Uh, not just hearing his story, but boy, there's a tug on my heart about what's happening in Zambia and how do I take part or how do I pray into yeah. or how do I support. We want to wrap around teams from mm-hmm. this church, around every missionary that we support. Yep. Relationship matters. Yeah, and I'll just say that there are some super practical ways that you can help um, what's happening in Zambia and beyond um, with Overland. Some of that is supporting some of the leaders that are a part of that ministry. Um, actually, they they do need help um, getting Bibles um, and getting more Bibles to people that are um, getting to know Jesus that just don't have the ability to have Scripture. Um and some other just interesting practical things that you can help with. So if you get connected and you're interested in any of that stuff, uh, let me know because I can get you connected. Very good. Can I pray blessing over you? Yeah. Father God, uh, with grateful hearts, we sit at this table today. Uh, We were asking for your provision, for your protection, for your traveling mercies for Tyler as he prepared for Zambia as he was there, and, and here he sits. Uh, a man of God who is excited because he saw the Spirit of God move in him, through him, around him, and impact a culture, impact the lives sitting in front of him. And Lord, we're grateful for that experience for Tyler. We're asking now, Holy Spirit, that you would take those stories, those experiences, those relationships, and you would multiply them in and through Tyler. Father, we pray also for the church, not just Providence, but the church, the capital C church, that we truly would be your body who is all the time on mission, whether it's in Zambia or here in West Michigan or wherever we find ourselves, in our neighborhoods, if we're at work in a cubicle at a grocery store. God, we are your ambassadors all the time. So would you fill us with your spirit that we would truly fall in love and just be in complete amazement and wonder of this simple gospel that Jesus Christ loves me. And may we all be quick to share it. So pour out your blessing, Lord. Uh, We pray today for the work that's being done in Zambia. We pray for that nation. We pray that more and more people would bow their knee and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We pray all this in your name. Amen.